What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. All right. Welcome back to A's for Alcoholic, everybody. If you don't know, now you know. I think that was um, Mr. uh, Biggie Biggie Smalls. Smalls. What was he talking about? Just if you don't know what's up, now you know what's up. Oh, because he was telling you what was up. He was the one who was... like, if in your insular little world, you didn't understand what was happening out in the fucking streets of Bedford-Stuyvesant, now you fucking know. Ah, uh, he was, he in was the, bringing in your Yeah, in your Got 94 it. Honda Civic, <laughs> going to the Tucson Mall to shoplift. Uh, is that what was happening? Dude, that's what I was doing. I drove, I, I had to go to the tattoo shop the other day early in the mm-hmm. morning to pick up a shirt one of my co-workers is printing out shirts and they're awesome i i have it. i was gonna wear it today but i gotta sew it i have to adjust it because it's too big and when i was driving back i was on like sirius xm because whatever we had the satellite radio comes to the car and i was listening to the lithium channel oh which is, is all it's all gen x music mm-hmm. it's all fucking grunge and just i don't know dude but on the drive back, like I always feel a little sad when I leave the tattoo shop in the morning because I'm like, dang, dude, I haven't tattooed in months. I don't know what's going on in my career. And it's like this bittersweet kind of sadness. And on the drive back, like I swear to God, I hit this red light and I was like jamming out. And it was like, oh, practice Santeria. I ain't got no crystal ball. And I was like singing along to the shit like, if I had a million dollars. I'll spend it all. I thought you were like going to say like poorly. Worn out faces. No. Worn out faces. <laughs> that's not a grunge song. <laughs> no, it's is not. It? it is. No. no, that's more of an it's 80s early. era. It's from like, the 80s. But. It just, it made me think about our, it made me think about you actually, because when I first met you and you were living, you were living in your little apartment and then I came back and you had ended up from the boys house down on, uh, uh, the on uh, Nickerson? No, it wasn't in Seattle. Isn't Eugene? The Flint Ridge. The Flint Ridge. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys would like listen <clears throat> to Sublime all the time. Uh, like yes. we would get loaded yes, and listen to Sublime. And there's like a weird fucking toothless dude on the cover of one of the albums, and you're like, oh, that's old Ronnie. Like you knew all their <laughs> lore and like their backstory and shit. And I just thought of John, and I was like, what a trip that oh, me and my John God. would fucking like get drunk and listen to sublime or like our friend would make a mixtape but he gets so drunk and he's making it he put bad fish on it 10 times in a row <laughs> yes he was so blacked out that he just mm-hmm. kept re- and at one point you hear you heard on that mixtape like the rewinding just to listen to the song again he just forgot tape, he was dude. making a mixtape and had to listen to that track again and he's like yo bad fish is my jam dude <laughs> And then I lived in this shitty apartment when my ex-girlfriend dumped me in 2005 and I turned 30 in this my blackout apartment. Like that was like one of my low low points. And the downstairs neighbors had this huge party and I think they were all fucked up on heroin or something cuz they were all nodding off and they had bad fish on repeat. Mm. And I, it played it for like 3 fucking hours through the floor loud as balls. Jesus. And I was like way too I was way too much of a soy boy to go downstairs, you know what I'm saying? I was Say way something. Too, too yeah. much of a soy boy, dude. You know, <laughs> gone down there, knocked on the door, bit an alpha, dude. I saw, I saw, <laughs> I saw a uh, Sublime live once. Um, no wait, what, after the dude died, though. No, we no, were, before. So this was 1996 oh, right. or 95. Because oh, right. we're older. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. And I was living in Ventura, California, and I didn't really have any friends that first. I mean, I had a couple of friends. 
Um, but I didn't, and I was like, but I want to go see Sublime, and I can't, I can't listen to Sublime now. The same reason I can't really listen to the Beastie Boys that much. Like I've just heard it all, right? And it like I think it right. had its time and its place, and I'm kind of moved on from that. Like, mm-hmm. no offense to anybody who loves Sublime or loves the Beastie Boys today. Like, it's just not uh-huh. my thing. But I just remember going to the Sublime show, and he had the Dalmatian came out on the stage, and it fucking and smelled like marijuana. Fuck, Everybody yeah. was. I think I was the only one who wasn't high, and I wasn't drunk. And, you know, I don't remember... You're Anything. in your Blockbuster shirt. Basically, yes. Gotten I was... off your shift at Blockbuster from stealing five copies of Blue Velvet. Oh, God. I mean, I have to, do I have to make amends for that, too? Did we talk about that already? Probably. That I used to, no. I used to work at Blockbuster and I used to, um, I had a deal with the guy who worked a local record store and I would like, I remember specifically stealing a copy of Leprechaun 3 and trading it for like, yeah. <laughs> Did we talk about this? I talked to somebody about this and like I you've talked to me about it in the past, but not I don't think we've done it on the pod about you and your fucking larceny at the Oh fucking, Jesus. The, and I got the, busted. The double B dude. I got busted, man. I gave him Leprechaun 3 and I think I got like Rancid's album Let's Go. That was like that was like the trade at that point. <laughs> it wasn't even Outcome the Wolves. It was No, like, yeah. it was the one before. And mm-hmm. um and I think that so I got busted. And so they knew some shit was going on. And I don't know what they had. You know, I had this whole quote-unquote system, right? And right. I knew oh, where no, all the ca- I, the I knew where the cameras were, and I knew how to like get the video cassettes here and there and get the get the cover boxes and I'd move them around and I was like doing all this shit. And um and then they wanted me they were like basically trying to get everybody to rat everybody out. And I just remember sitting in there and I'm not I'm not saying anyone did anything else. I'm I'm simply saying that everybody was interviewed and when they asked me I said I don't know. I I, I only know what I did and this is what I did. Mm-hmm. And um Wait, was everybody was was everybody game in the blockbuster? Well, I mean I I can't really tell you, right? Because I mean I'm not I'm not a I'm not a narc. But um do that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're holding on to your sources from like Jesus Christ, like twenty four, twenty five years ago. Was that twenty four years so, ago? Is that longer I, than it was longer than twenty four years yeah. ago? Holy shit. Woo! It's twenty six. Okay. It's twenty six years ago. Twenty six so years ago. I, I I let's just say that you had a bunch of people who were working for four twenty five an hour who yeah, didn't give dude, a fuck. Fucking minimum wage. So holy shit. So, so yeah, they took me were, in and I just said nope just me as far as i know i can't you have to talk to everybody else and the dude like the the loss prevention guy had his little crx and we drove to my house and i gave him a bunch of the cds that i had purchased because i would steal stuff and then i would sell them or i would keep them or whatever so like Mm -hmm. i remember giving him like melancholy the infinite sadness and like tragic kingdom and whatever other fucking just 90s right. grunge lithium xm radio didn't even do nothing he probably kept that shit and so um, and I remember then I moved out. I was living with my mom and I moved out and I said, I'll pay you 25 bucks a month because that's all I got. I ain't got no money. I'm making 425 mm-hmm. an hour, you know, 425 an hour. That was like $25 is a whole shift after yeah. taxes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, oh I think I paid him one. I paid him one payment because I owed him. We, we came to an agreement that I would pay him $500. I paid him one payment and then I didn't have any money because I was literally broke. I think I was washing dishes and I didn't have a job and every dollar I had went to the rent. And and um, and um so I just wrote him a letter saying I don't have any money maybe next month and I never heard from them again. Mm-hmm. And that was 26 years Oh, so years that ago. dude just took your money. <laughs> Basically. Bought a fucking couple of half racks, yeah. I just um, I could I could just picture you being questioned like your fucking verbal kint mm-hmm. the usual suspect's and when you walk out, you go from your limp to your normal walking, and the blockbuster <laughs> loss prevention dude looks over at the poster of like four weddings and a funeral, and he yeah, just drops his fucking big gulp like, <laughs> son of a bitch. And you're like the best trek the devil ever pulled was convincing the world it didn't exist or some shit like that. Da 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 da. Walk out, he's just looking at a copy of Beethoven, you know, with, <laughs> with fucking Fifth that Symphony. dog and. Yeah, no, that dog with that dog movie with John Ritter, or no, that was no, it was uh, uh it was uh, Groden. Groden, John Ritter was in the one about that fucking sociopathic kid. That was Problem Child. Yeah, the sociopath. 
Charles Grodin was in the Grodin was in Beethoven. So yeah, he's looking at it because it just flashes back to you, and you're like, yeah, I was in a barbershop quartet in Grodin, Illinois. (laughs) (laughs) We sang the song to Beethoven. Mm -hmm. Did ever tell Um, you about the time I went to four weddings and a funeral? (laughs) So and I think I think Usual Suspects actually was out um on video that year, but so I mean yes, you traded it for a fucking uh, 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 a PM Dawn. Basically, probably. I, I mean, I don't know what to do with the, like that kind of stuff. I mean, at that point, I, I feel like some of those amends need to just kind of. I mean, Blockbuster uh, doesn't exist, so it's one of those ones you can't really. I mean, there's one left in Bend, Oregon. I yeah. guess you could write them a letter. The Blockbuster Corporation is not. I don't think it's. It must be an entity because there's one left. But I don't. I, I don't know. God only knows, John. Yeah. So I I. I don't know what to uh, to do about it. I, I guess I'll do nothing. And, and it is just... trading the hunt for Red October for like Green Day's Dookie, <laughs> basically. Yeah. So, so anyhow, um, yeah that 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 intro um, today is for alcoholic. Uh, I do want to say a couple of things too before we get into the meat and the gristle of our conversation today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to thank Alex for joining us on Patreon. Um, Thanks, have, Alex. So, uh, thank you very much. It really uh, it helps us out. Pew, 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 we appreciate pew. it, and mm-hmm. um, and if you want to join us too, a uh, Patreon.com/slash/aifa, and you can get um, you get all of our episodes uh, early, and you know we are working on. A, I found a list of movies to do. I found a list of sober movies or alcoholic movies, and so we do movie reviews on occasion. Um, when we can find the time to put it all together. So, patreon.com slash AIFA. And then also, I'd like to apologize for those of you who are watching us on YouTube right now. My hair is just out of control. Like, I'm glad that the the headphones kind of, like, right. do something for it. I don't it. get it. Well, I guess because you have other shit. I, like, comb my hair, put on a clean shirt. <laughs> that you just show up looking like you at that blockbuster loss prevention interview just sweating <laughs> flop sweating just... i was surprised at how how much i didn't feel i mean i was terrified but like i didn't feel the just need to like rat me. everybody out for right. what was going on there that's because you're fucking gangster dude you know you know you do it for the family um, you ain't no fredo you ain't no fredo dude. for the family <laughs> ain't no fredo ain't Maybe no fredo the... That's a good T-shirt. You should do that one. Ain't no Fredo. Ain't no Fredo. I don't know about that. Yeah, that's like some no. weird right wing shit. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then also we got this email, and I didn't want to read the whole thing out loud. Um, from one of our listeners, uh, Vinny. Um, and it was really, it was touching. It was um, yeah, really yeah. heartfelt. And I just wanted to say, I mean congratulations on a month sober man i mean that's such a huge accomplishment and i feel i don't want to diminish like saying like oh jerry's got six years sober right but it feels like you know the days get easier yeah well i mean so far um but those first those first days and those first months like it's so hard because it's so new and it's so um different from everything that we have known learned and taught ourselves about booze and about life and all that right. stuff mm-hmm. and um it's also what i love about this and what i really loved about the letter was you know when jerry and i were doing our our pre-recording pre-on-air um discussion and you know it's a lot of it is well how's it going and everything's okay and you know well life sucks and yeah. then, <laughs> you know, what were the, I don't know. The thing was like, well, life sucks because I got to go to work. I'd, I'd say something like that. And like mm-hmm. fucking a million people are out of work right now. And so it's like and he, he writes this letter about how he came from basically the brink. And I, I don't again, I don't want to read it out loud. Um, but yeah, without asking him. But um, but like it puts in perspective these things that we get so stuck in our head and you were saying a couple of things too that you know seemed silly in comparison so so you know what i mean yeah it, it just i i want to thank that that listener because it really did put my day in perspective like i came into this today feeling mildly agitated and being like oh fucking 
Got to do this podcast about some shit I'm not even really feeling right now. Dude, this fucking shit, Dave. Can't even get my whatever. You know, I fucked my shirt up in the dryer. I had to work out. Didn't want to. And, uh, mm-hmm. Ran out of my contact lenses. Ow, what a fucking travesty. What a, you know, mm-hmm. life, this tragedy. And then you read this thing to me, and it just puts me right back to the, the, the beginning and how we were in the beginning and how other people are outside of my world are having beginnings right now and starting. And it's not like, I don't know, man. It's not like this whole new world, you know, whole new world mm. and everything's all shiny and beautiful. And there's all this, this hope and promise. It's like scary shit. It's scary, scary shit. Cause your body is like, what the fuck are we doing? We're not doing the thing that we're used to doing all the time. And your brain is just like, where's your coping mechanism now, dude? You know? So mm-hmm. it just reminds me of the beginning and, and it makes me, yeah, it, I feel grounded when you when you tell me these things or read these things to me. So I, it's greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for the email. It really did put a lot of things in perspective. Yeah. And with that, our podcast is done. So uh, yeah, um, <laughs> put another one in the basket, John. Oh man, and it's just it's really yeah. I love that that there's all these people mm-hmm. who are having these new beginnings, right? And right. you know, you right. had yours and I had mine, and it's sometimes easy to go well. I got that sobriety thing handled and um, now I can complain about my, you know, that I didn't get enough right. sleep or that I, um, right. you know, right. you know, contact lenses or whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, too, one of the other things that he said in the email, and I just want to bring it up uh, really quickly, and I, 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 hope, it, I hope it's quickly. Mm-hmm. Um was that um well one the fourth of july which was your date as well that he that he mm-hmm. quit oh um was something about he was feeling a little trepidatious about the online meetings and i wanted to say that i too was exactly that way in march you know when all this shit went down i had my little routine i went to my weekly meeting i was I knew the people there. I felt comfortable. Um, there was all the good long-term sobriety. It wasn't, you know, everything was very stable. And then they shut it, They shut the shit down, and I was like, I don't know what mm-hmm. to do, and I don't want to, this Zoom meetings, man. Like, I don't need that. And I've been going to this Zoom meeting on Sunday mornings. I and, missed it um, yesterday. <clears throat> you'll be back. You'll come. Well, you know, that's it's it's all good. Um, yeah, I had to do something. Yeah, it's it's fine. But I, I think that the thing that I've learned is that, well, the Zoom meeting's fine. I just kind of, I don't have to get, I don't even really have to get dressed. <laughs> you know, you don't no. you don't have to even have the video on. You don't get dressed for this podcast, dude. No, I don't. I've got this, this is just like the workout shirt and I've got shorts <laughs> on. And I mean, I guess I fucking probably should like set up the background a little bit better and like get some of those rope lights and a ring light and... You know, I'm right. kind of like, ah, whatever. I but, mean, I'm uh, in my wife's office. I'm just teasing you. Mm-hmm. I was just, I was no, just admiring I... your Helly Hansen cut. You got that nice <laughs> Helly Hansen shirt on. I don't know on. who just, that is. Oh, yeah. This is stunning. It's just a workout brand that you get from uh, like TJ Maxx. Basically, this is what this is. This is like the Ross Dress for Less, uh, you know, $6 shirt. Let's dress um. for less. <laughs> so it's, what was I saying? Oh, the Zoom meetings. There, mm. It's really helpful because I don't even have to have yeah. the video on. And I'm just listening. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like for anybody who's ever just been like lurking, you know, on the internet, it's perfect because you get to have this sort of you can sit, you can listen. You don't have to um if you feel trepidatious about sharing, you don't have to share. The one I go to, they kind of go in alphabetical order and you can obviously you can always pass, right? Yeah. You don't yeah. have to share anytime. You don't have to, you know, they're like, "Well, what about you, sir?" And I'm like, "I don't know." Um, right. You know, you're like, I'm just here to listen. I'm just here to listen, mm-hmm. you know, or you can leave anytime too. It's much easier and, and way easier than trying to leave with like, you're in the middle of someone sharing some <laughs> sad shit and I got to get up and go pee and I'm like, keys start jingle jangling and I'm just like me <laughs> on the plastic just, chair or something. Yeah, yeah. Kicking, kicking a metal folding chair on accident, <laughs> you know, yeah, way easier. Just a zoom meeting. All you do is just like X out. <clears throat> You know, uh-huh. and nobody even notices you're gone, really. So I would, um, I think I would highly suggest, and again, I, it's not for everybody, 
Right. And, and it is a little intimidating. Dude, going to a meeting in general is fucking mm-hmm. intimidating. And now you got to factor in the computer aspect to it. Yeah. So, it can and, be incredibly daunting. And I know because I spent six months now putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And right. Putting, yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And then my girlfriend would be like, well, what? what's wrong with you, man? Like, what are you? You seem bothered. You seem irritated. You seem irritable, restless, and discontent. She wouldn't use those mm-hmm. words, but those are the words that she was, you know, that's the feeling that was there. And it's like, oh, I need to be doing this stuff because this is what grounds me, right? This is what right. makes me feel better. This is what puts me in a perspective to say, oh, my life ain't that bad. Yeah. My problems are pretty fucking small. So, <clears throat> which is not to minimize ourselves, I don't think, right? It's more, right. if I can look, if I can get perspective that my problems are small, then I can be of better service to other people. That's kind of like how I like to look at it. I can be like, right. okay, so now that I've alleviated these little, the, my narrow perspective, I can have a, you know, I, I have a broader base from which to, just to help people if something comes my way, mm-hmm. you know? And um, it's, it it makes all the difference in the world. So, yeah. If you're feeling trepidatious about it, I understand. I would suggest lurking <laughs> yeah. in the shadows until you feel comfortable to show your face. And honestly, there's plenty of people who are doing the exact same thing. I went to one Zoom meeting. There Dude are. was like, he was like sharpening an axe like on camera. Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about just finishing sewing the patch of my hat through this whole podcast, but I didn't. Yeah. You know, it's going to, it's, it's, yeah, it's very trepidatious. It is very intimidating. And another thing you got to remember too, is you just got to hang in there, you know? Oh, look at that. Hang in there. And that's, and that's our letter for today. The letter is H. Ah, Hey, hang in there, baby. Hey, you hang in there. And for those of you who don't know, go Google hang in there, baby. And, um, and you'll get, there's, there was an old poster from, I guess our childhood, but probably before. Way before, like seventies. Well, our childhood is seventies, eighties. So yeah. Um, and it was a little kitten hanging from a from a limb, and it was basically like, whatever's going on, it ain't that bad. Just hang in there. Um, and again, we're in a very hyper, and I think thankfully so, hypersensitive time, and not wanting to minimize anybody's pain or suffering, right? But hanging in there is part of this this business at least it is for me and realizing like we've talked about mindfulness and living in the moment and these kind of thing and and also what covid is is brought us to these days is like okay well today's the only thing that matters um right but i know that if i'm having a really good day i better fucking enjoy it because it's not gonna last Mm -hmm. but i've also learned that if i'm having a bad day or a bad week or even a bad month like I'm starting to, you know, gain a little more perspective and it's like, it's not going to last forever. Yeah. It just, it never has. Yeah. Has it? No. No. No, it's all temporary. It really is. It all passes. You mm-hmm. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah. What is that Simpsons joke where Marge sees a hang in there poster and she's like, well, that cat's got a good attitude. And the doctor's <laughs> like, that cat is long dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, this marge simpson um but yeah i i just i i can't i can't stress it enough that it's gonna pass whatever it is and i, mm. I i'm not saying that makes it feel any better it's certainly no <laughs> but i think realizing that it is temporary you know is is definitely helpful mm-hmm. and to be able to feel through it and it could it could apply to a lot of different things outside of alcoholism like I know people personally who have had who have have COVID and have had symptoms now have been sick now since fuck dude since April mm-hmm. still sick now you know and and having to take new medications for their heart and their lungs and stuff and they're still hanging they're still hanging on and hanging tight because all you can do is just continue living <clears throat> you know you just got to push through the onslaught you know because mm-hmm. you know, eventually it ends you know even outside of alcoholism. Because when we, 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 sorry, when mm. we, uh, I was having a hard time 
getting that out. But when we, when I use the concept to hang in there, it's not really necessarily for like hang in there and don't drink for me personally. For some people it is, you know, people at the beginning, like just hang in there, don't drink. It's going to get better. You'll get through it. I promise you. And there will be, if you stick with it and hang in there, there will be an existence in your life where you no longer have to drink anymore. You know what I'm saying? And for me now, it's more like I need to hang in there and keep my attitude somewhat positive, if not just completely positive, because those negative thoughts eventually end to end up with me drinking. So I guess in a roundabout way, it is about me drinking, you know, because those negative thoughts, that fuck it bucket, we always talk about the shit fuck stack and the fucking bucket, you know, like that fuck it is what leads me, will lead me to drink, you know. So maybe it is a roundabout way for me to not drink, huh? Well, yeah, there Food you go. Thought, corn dog, yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I, I think too. You and I, it, it, you know, you have six years and I have five years, and so that's still right. that's not a long time. I don't think right. it doesn't feel like a long time because I'm still trying to process all this stuff and learn it, and and so we're still coming off the end of or the tail end of two decades of power drinking through every right. single day and right. ignoring every single feeling and being angry and frustrated and sad and depressed and you know um confused and so it makes sense that still everything today ends up being about our drinking because it was yeah it's easy it's easy today to go yeah i don't really i don't really think about alcohol but it used to be that i that's all that i thought about all the time every single day yes. every single minute yeah. and like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I forget about that sometimes, and I and I yeah, don't... I don't even think about it for days at this point, and mm-hmm. then I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I'm an alcoholic." It's <laughs> not weird. I mean, I'm not trying to be cocky about it. It's not like a cocky thing. Like, oh look at me, I've got my shit handled because I don't. I'm trying. I'm handling it constantly. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the idea of handling my emotions and checking my temperature and checking who I am as a person, my mental temperature. So, but yeah, there are days where I don't even. It doesn't even occur to me, and then one day I'll be like watching something, and I'm like, "Oh right, I can't just have a bourbon like a gentleman." No, <laughs> I'm you a can't. shit show. Yeah, I forget. <clears throat> yeah, um, which is comforting, I guess. It is, and I, I think that it's. Imp- I think it's. I think it's important to remember. I think, especially in the beginning, but also just on a regular basis. I was texting with you last week. I I'm not sure why, but I I have been digitally cataloging these old videotapes that we had. Some of them with you, you some I of them without this text without message. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at one point, as we're digging up the past and talking about things, and and this is like '03 or something or '04. And at one point, it's just me and my roommate. And we're both wasted. Like you can see a Jaeger bottle on the floor. There, it's right. a fucking mess. There's this table, like stacks of CDs everywhere. Like that's because that's what we would just, you know, just listen to music and get drunk. And that was the that was the thing. And at some point, yeah. I just get fucking completely naked. And he's just on the he's on the couch laughing because I'm like just running Where's around the, the camera. You have a tripod, or is he just no? He's you just laughing. fucking holding it. He's just like, ah, oh my god. And I'm just like fucking naked. Just dancing, cause I'm I'm blackout drunk, and mm-hmm. I'm watching this, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't do I need to keep this? Can I just destroy this? And and I think I told you I was kind of feeling embarrassed, and I was just feeling sad. And you're like, well, just don't forget, whatever you right. do, but don't trips, forget. And I get that feeling of shame because you're not in, you're embarrassed <clears throat> for yourself in that moment. You're like alone looking at this, going, God damn, I was so embarrassing, like to mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah, when you texted me, my first thought was, I wonder what They Might Be Giant song it was. And then, <laughs> you, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, and then my second thought was like, don't forget, this is a good reminder. Like, we get into these places where we're like, we're, it's not about how long you've been sober. It's about what you're learning in the time you are sober, right? Okay. That's my first first thing I want to say. But it we forget sometimes, like, I like we forget with our long periods of time and when the physical craving of alcohol is gone and so now you're addressing the uh, mental craving for it like you can't forget 
why you're dealing with the mental craving of alcoholism. You know what I mean? You can't forget it. And so to you, I think that's a good thing. I'm glad you saw it. Yeah, it was painful probably and incredibly mm-hmm. embarrassing, but I think it was like a, a boon in a way for you because you're like, wow, that's what I am. That's who I am when I drink. That's who I become again. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. So you're like, what do I, I think? I don't remember what you had written me, but I'm like, just don't forget that shit. Don't feel bad about it. Like, don't beat yourself up about <clears> it, but don't forget it. Just remember because yeah. I have reminders. Yeah. I've, I see them. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that fucking guy. That's me. But damn. Yeah. That's, yeah. What was the song? <laughs> so God, it was, it was James K. Polk. It was a song about. Oh, it wasn't even a sexy song. It was about. <laughs> a former president. It was our about 11th president. Our 11th yeah. president. Yeah. Young so, Hickory, dude. Napoleon oh, my gosh. Stump. Yeah. So, um. So, yeah, and it was just, it, there was lots of it. There was hours of this, of me either sitting on the couch and trying to talk to people or us right. arguing with each other. Like, there was no, I, I think at some point, like, there was one that was Christmas and we were all eating mushrooms. And so at one point, I'm just pouring beer on the carpet because it looks cool. And so I'm filming uh-huh. it, thinking that it's going to look cool later on camera. When you've sobered up, yeah. Jesus Christ. And so... <sighs> I mean, I don't think I'm gonna do anything with these with the with the video, but I just digitized them and I'll just put them in a file and I'll put them on an external hard drive and put they'll be there. Put them on a folder on your desktop that just says reminder. <laughs> yeah, don't. And drink. so next time you're like, damn, this world sucks. Everything's fucked up. Using the post office now is illegal. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna drink. Then you can click on that folder and be like, oh right. Yeah. Not only is the post office illegal, but now I'm gonna be in a blackout. No thanks. No thanks. <clears throat> so it was really yeah it was a good reminder i just couldn't i was just blown i was blown away because i i know that i behave that way uh-huh. but to sit there and like actively watch it from years down the road and sober i yeah i just i would not have you know and i've had people and my girlfriend said this at the beginning of our relationship and again this is like almost five years ago and she's like oh, i wonder I would like to have known you when you were drunk, and I and I, and she said this once, Send and we've we've, <laughs> <laughs> and you know like, I think she me. she didn't mean anything by it. She was just like, oh, no, you know, like not. that's were you like a fun guy? Like what was you know? Because she's curious, right? And I look back at these things, and I'm like, no, no, you don't. I mean, the idea, the notion of it seems fine, and it was probably it might have been fun for the first hour or two, but I was gonna say. That was fun for hour one through three. And then it's five o'clock in the morning and mm-hmm. you're listening to fucking Santeria over and over or <laughs> bad right. fish. Naked. naked. Rolling around in a puddle of beer. Yeah. Just... <clears throat> right. I like got none no of that. Crystal ball. <laughs> peeing in your board mm-hmm. shorts. Basically. <laughs> God, it was just so. So, yes, it was a good reminder that um, I've come a long way. And I was also I, you know, I. I just, I don't ever want to be there. You're right. Put it in a folder. Call it reminder. Say, hey. Right. So next time, like, you know, you're, I don't know, next time a fucking Aquavit sounds really good mm-hmm. and you're trying to class up your alcoholism, which you used to do all the time. Sure. You'd be like, oh yeah, that's where all that fucking Armagnac goes. Let's that's talk about that for a second a nice too. Yeah. Armagnac. What, the Armagnac? Well, not the, not the Armagnac. It's we the told only the Armagnac fancy story, but... booze I can remember. So yeah, yeah. But let's talk about it. I really well, can't. I just that the, there was this level of pretension and this level of um, what I saw as I genuinely saw as like research and development as a bartender. Um, oh yeah, of course, dude. Yeah. And so yeah. I would I would sit there with you know with like you or coda or any of our other friends and everybody just had their like basic shots and or drinks you know if you were just a beam and coke and coda just had to have his crown royal you know and whatever and fucking... a manny's a manny's and a crown right mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um and i'd be like oh you got to try this and there's this dark rum and this is from blah, barbados and i would just have all of these things and i was really i think in part i was genuinely excited but you're right i was just trying to dress up my alcoholism it was just a way for me to um, justify drinking as much as I did because I have to try them all, Jerry. I have to do the Akavit tasting. 
Right. Right. So I have then to... you can tell your clients, your customers, <laughs> well, this Akavit tastes like shit, and this one tastes a little less like shit. Mm-hmm. And this one tastes like shit mixed with burning plastic. Because basically is fucking gross. It's gross. For those of you who don't know, and I guess it's a so sober podcast, but um yeah, Scandi- right. it's Scandinavian liqueur this. that tastes mm-hmm. like rye bread. It's disgusting and you should stay away from it. It's got some hints of anus. I mean anus. <laughs> yes. Boom. You see that's some uh-huh. quality dad humor. Anyway, nice. yeah, but I just yeah, but I, I can see where you're coming from, and I think it was justifiable. But you're you're an alcoholic, so you're like it's not like yeah. smelling it and then tasting it and be like that's pretty good, and then you go back to your dinner. It's like smell it, taste it, and then you drink seven rumple mints after that. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would always give you a hard time about that when we were drinking. Like, why you gotta church it up, John? A hobo in a suit is just a fucking hobo, John. Mm-hmm. You know, why you gotta church it up? And that yeah, and that that was the one time I remember I took Jerry to my favorite um cocktail lounge like we went down there and the guy and it's funny the guy who owns it the who alibi. runs it yeah. no it was the zigzag oh the zigzag in yeah. seattle and he's been sober 15 years yeah and he loves i mean he he loves hosting people he loves he loves everything about it you know he's so he you know it's it's a everyone has their own way of coming about it i could i don't think i could ever do that but he's oh, very I, passionate about like the food and drink even being sober you know and mm-hmm. i remember sitting there and i was like dude that's murray Mur the blur like he's like quintessential you know class he's like the yoda of bartending and jerry's like yeah just give mm-hmm. me a beam and coke yeah like i don't give a fuck <clears throat> and i got this like 16 15 glass of armagnac and and i was like sipping on it like it was something fancy and jerry thought it was just whiskey or something he takes a shot of it takes a hit of it and spits it out all over the bar and i'm like you're embarrassing me yeah, it was like fifteen dollar. I mean, you spit my fifty. You barfed my. It wasn't barf. I just spit it all out. Cause I, <clears throat> I said, John, I want a shot. I want something fancy like a buttery nipple. <laughs> I need something fancy with some whipped cream in it. Uh huh. Right, and that was your version of fancy, which is fine. That story is our classic, like, like fucking odd couple. Felix Unger, fucking I don't know the other guy's name. Walter Matthau. Felix. That's like our Oscar. That's our. Oscar, that's our Felix and Oscar moment there in our friendship where you were like, our drinking friendship where you mm-hmm. were like, I drink this fancy shit and Jerry drinks the swill of the common man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't, it was an excuse and that's fine. Yes, and I, I mean, I guess fine. it was, you know, there was, there was a certain level of, of... It's just another aspect of the pathology, dude. Mm-hmm. It's just another aspect of like what we did, or, or the, the denial we were in, the, you know what I mean, all the distraction of what we did. It's just another aspect of it, dude. It's just yeah. another aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm just so glad I don't have to do that shit anymore. Nah, nah, nah. I mean, it's now even in your life the way you consume things. It's not like you're like, oh, I need to get this fancy short grain rice. That was grown on a Himalaya. You're just like, yo, mm-hmm. I like the good shit. You know what I mean? Like, yo, mm-hmm. I need to get these sweet potatoes that were grown in a especially arid uh, portion of Georgia, <laughs> grown by a Costa Rican farmer. You know. No, I really don't anymore, man. I'm very much. I've become very basic in my. Mm-hmm. I've tried to be basic in my needs, you know. Or and that's not true. There's some things where I'll be like, if it seems important to me, because I think too right. another aspect. Of my alcoholism was, and I think I think a lot of people's, is the fact that we'll spend a lot of money on bar taps and we'll spend a lot of money on booze. And when it comes yeah. to spending money on other things that will enhance our lives or enrich our lives or will make our, us comfortable or happier <sighs> genuinely, we go like, yeah, I don't know, man. That seems like a lot of money. And I'm like, well, I'll, I'll give you an example. So, you know, I've dealt with sleep issues and, like, I've been hating these fucking pillows and I've been hating these pillows, and I've been like, you know what? I remember when I was in San Luis Obispo, there was this like crushed bamboo pillow, and I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. So I don't see it already sounds fucking. <laughs> no, no, pretentious, it's but... great. I need new pillows, but go ahead. So I don't. It wasn't crushed is the wrong word. It was like chopped or shredded or something, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is great. And I never got it because they were really expensive. And and so I'm like shopping, and I'm thinking, and I was like, well, they're like thirty bucks per pillow and i'm like that's a lot of fucking money we're in the middle of a pandemic and i don't know if i'm gonna have a job in two months 30 bucks for pillows not a lot of money 
So that's and that's 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 your coming. perception of it. Yeah, that's you can my buy perception. Like hundred and fifty bucks. But go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean but that's, to. No, no, no. Call you cheap. No, <laughs> but that's 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 my perception. <laughs> you cheap ass. Like, you know, this is. So I went ahead and I I bought some. I, I'm gonna get some new pillows delivered. And you know, and I have I have issues with that. Like, am I am I is this the right thing? Should I be having delivery drivers out there running around fucking coronavirus, bringing me pillows? And it's like, I mean, so there's it's everything's complicated these days, right? Wanting to yes, do the right thing, yeah. but mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna buy sixty dollars worth of pillows, which I would never hesitate to spend sixty dollars on a round of drinks. That was easy. That was nothing. That was one round for like fucking eight of us or whatever mm-hmm. yeah no problem bucks, so like, let's go <laughs> let the good times roll yeah exactly yeah it, what what uh you know what what takes the importance definitely um, changes and that same Man, house go ahead i just, uh, just keep keep your thought but just really quickly something that you said to me back in like oh three when you came to visit us in that apartment in seattle and and we had a little our trash can was like a little plastic grocery bag from like Seven Eleven that was hanging yeah. off the fucking sink, the uh, door in the kitchen. Yeah. Oh yeah, were, no, I know. <laughs> and what did you say? You were you were just I appalled. You I were just, just upset. Like, You're like, you guys can't fucking just go buy a fucking trash can. You don't have a trash can. You don't use a trash can. You just go get yeah. a trash can. You put a liner in it, man. You got like you're using Seven Eleven bags hanging off the yeah doorknob. I was like, I will buy you a fucking trash right. can. You have a car. Like, drive me to the Fred Meyer. I'll mm-hmm. buy you a trash can. I was like, who fucking raised you people? It was too much you- money. <laughs> why, why buy I a trash can? I would go into your house and be like, why is there nothing on the walls? Like, there's nothing on the wall. Like, someone put uh, hung a CD from a thumbtack, and that was, like, your decoration. <laughs> it, it was, was like, bad. a mixed CD. It was so bad. And that it, blow, it would blow me away. Yeah. Coda also was super minimalist as well. Coda mm-hmm. would have like one dead flower nailed to his wall and like a picture of like Jesus. a bass fisherman, and that was it. And I was like, "You guys, this is the saddest shit I've ever seen." <laughs> one CD and a thumbtack. It was one CD to thumbtack, and it was yeah, Tragic Kingdom. Yeah, something like you said earlier, it was like Aqua, Barbie Girl. So I just so, that, that perspective has changed. Yeah. Well, I was going to tell you about the pillow thing, though, is that's really important. Like, my mom was like, what do you want for your birthday? And I was like, I need new down pillows because I really like the real squishy down pillows, like the Mm -hmm. real dense and fluff, not fluffy, but like real dense, you know? Mm -hmm. So she bought me these two down pillows, man. And I had them. I used them for two days and like I had insomnia for two days. I couldn't fucking fall asleep. They wouldn't get cold enough. And Hmm. they were too, they were too like, they were too fluffy. I couldn't explain it. They were just too firm. I ended up giving them to Megan. I'm like, happy birthday. Here's some pillows. Mm-hmm. So the pillow thing is important for your sleep. It really can be. It really can be. We're not kids anymore. We can't just fall asleep on the fucking floor half under a coffee table. You know, it just doesn't <coughs> work that way anymore. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so speaking that's important. Of, That'll help. Speaking of sleeping on the floor, there's this other thing that's come up in the last week and um, that I wanted to share with you and I guess with everybody. Uh, so... Last year, one of my one of my crazy thoughts, plans, goals, schemes was I was I wanted to I wanted to get Merrill running shoes to sponsor me and buy mm-hmm. Mishka Shubali's van that he was selling last year. Uh-huh. And then I was gonna drive it around the country and I was gonna go running in races and running in like national parks and I was gonna sleep in it and I was gonna video the whole thing and like do like a whole YouTube deal. And have mm-hmm. this running shoe company pay for it, right? Like, I'm the average guy. I'm not, like, a ultra-athlete. Um, you know, maybe that could be, like, a, a selling point, right? Like, normal people run, too. You know, you never right. really see that. Now, I don't know. Maybe I was crazy. So I wrote a letter to, like, the chief marketing officer of Merrill. I, I, I wrote her a handwritten letter. I hit her up on Twitter. I hit her up on Facebook. I never heard anything. Yeah. Not a thing. Just got a restraining order. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I was concerned there. I think you were like, hey, dude, what's up with you? You're always writing Mishka. Like, you need to be careful there, bro. You fucking, he's gonna you know. going to get a restraining order. He's going to get a restraining like, Why does this guy keep bugging me? <laughs> That's my Mishka impersonation. Yeah. This guy's driving me fucking crazy. <laughs> so... My boss at the restaurant has this catering van that ne- it needs to be serviced a little bit. And he's going to get it serviced and repainted so it doesn't have the restaurant logo on it. Mm-hmm. And 
I was like, huh, I might be interested in buying that. That's part of what I wanted to do last year before um, COVID. Before COVID. Well, way before COVID, yeah. And, you know, obviously I need to be saving money and I've got a couple of credit cards and I still have a car that I'm paying off. So mm-hmm. it's not like I'm free and clear to just, you know, buy a van and sleep in it. And certainly not if I'm no spring chicken. I can't just be sleeping on the floor, right? Got to right. have the right pillows. So there was this moment where I was kind of excited about something. And I haven't been excited yeah. about something in a long time. And I was like, so, yeah. fuck. What do, I mean, what if I get a good deal? You think he'll give me a good deal? Can I just should I buy a van and start fucking tricking it out for a road trip next summer? Is that insane? Like living in it? Living I mean, in it? it? Dude, I don't know. Don't ask me. I'll, I'm always the bad <laughs> idea guy where I'm like, sounds like a good fucking idea. Dude. Does it sound like a good I'm idea? Because I'm like living vicarious oh. through you. Yeah, because I'm like, love my wife and kid, but like to me... To, I don't know, actually. If I looked at Megan, I'm like, yo, I'm going to go live in a van for the next two months. She'd probably be like, all right, cool. Good luck. Right. Because <laughs> she is so cool about that shit. But she'd, I don't know. Or she'd be like, why can't we come with you? But mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if it sounds like, I would say wait till the COVID clears. But yeah. I guess this podcast isn't about you and your van life, which would be very interesting, though. <laughs> you podcasting out of a van, just a, re- a dude in recovery in a van. We'd still do it. I would still find a way. I'd get. I'd right. find a Wi-Fi connection in the Walmart parking lot, and we'd do it every right. week. And I have to come down and run races with you? Shit, sure. Run races. Well, you say that now until but, I, uh, hey i did six miles the other day though there you I'm, go i'm pushing it up a little by little mm-hmm. i'm pushing it up I was six is good fuck though dude yeah five's my average now five yeah. to- five twice a week i know we're going to the running section of this now but <laughs> five twice a week and then last week i switched it up and did five three times five, nice. five three times but my third day was six because i had so now i'm thinking fuck maybe i should just focus more on running instead of lifting because I do enjoy the running, but I do get tired of the same trail. Let's go exploring. We get lost. So here's in the woods, here's the man. other thing. You do have a car. You can go drive somewhere, even to the other side of the city. I could, and I've considered doing that. Uh, there's another really nice trail that goes yep. along the river, which would be beautiful, actually. I highly suggest that. You know, if you can, if it's mm. you know COVID mm. safe or whatever, if you feel comfortable, just go take the car somewhere, find a loop, or put it. You know, you're gonna have the car at one end. Go two and a half this way and two and a half that way. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, dude. So, that's a really good idea. So yeah, so I was like, well, fuck. I mean, but I don't have them. I mean, basically, if the guy got the van cleaned up and it was good and I drove it and felt good about it, like, it would be all the money I had, Jerry. It would be like, yeah. and so I'm, I'm kind of torn as far as like, well, maybe I should just have faith. <laughs> but I'm, I'm. I'm just a little trepidatious. So it was just something that came up, yeah. but but I was it was something I was excited about for the first time in a while. And then I was like, "Are you fucking crazy? You're 43. You're gonna sleep in the back of a van for how long? Yeah. To do what? Like, right? Where are Damn, you gonna go? Reality, What's the plan? Though, right? Yeah. Like, maybe you should just. Well, no, it costs too much money. I was gonna say maybe you should film yourself doing it for a few months and then put that as a little Manila folder on your desktop to just remember <laughs> as well of that time you but lived in a van and ran races I'll, for a living. You know, could I do it for a living? With the, you know, is there is there? Oh, that I mean, I don't know. I gotta start writing. I'll write Nike and Adidas, and I, I mean Gary Vaynerchuk. You do. Got you sneakers. write everybody. It blows me away. You are like absolutely <laughs> listeners out there. John writes everybody. Like when we started the podcast, he was writing Elton John. That's and true. Ellen DeGeneres. That's true. Turned out to be a monster. But, right. Uh, I, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. She was just like, saw your letter and was like, fuck your sobriety. <laughs> and then spit on it, smashed it against the wall with all mm-hmm. her other letters from people she cursed. I got a letter um, from Stephen King's assistant. That was cool. Oh, you did? I did, See, John yeah. John writes everybody. When she, just the form letter where they just stamp his name it on it? It might have, well, I don't think his name was on it, but she just basically said, you know, I, I'm sure you understand that Stephen King used to write all his fans back, but if he didn't, if he did, he would have no time to write books. And you wouldn't want him to not write books now, would you? Was basically you the tone. <laughs> threatening you with it. So, um, but that I've was cool. I've always admired that, though, that you do that. And you do that now more in your sobriety that you never did that shit when you were drunk i had no this confidence. is like a new aspect of you that i've been recognizing over the past few years is mm. that john will just write or send an email to it doesn't even give a fuck you'll just email someone i don't do that shit i'm no. not like dear whoever mm-hmm. i mean i don't know i just one thing that i've learned in sobriety is um i think when i was drunk 
the answer was always no. And the answer mm-hmm. was always I can't. And the answer was why would I? And the answer was it'll never work. Like that was every single day. I was mm-hmm. in such, I mean, I still have, like, I don't know about you, but it, I still have like very vivid memories of certain hangovers and periods yes. in my life. Like oh, there's God. certain yes. ones where I'm just like, yes. I remember exactly where I was laying. I can like, it, the pain was that bad. And now yes. it's like I've learned, well, <clears throat> the answer is always no if you don't ask. And we live in an age of Twitter. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess, you know, I'll probably se- I'll probably tweet out to Harmar Superstar one more time and see if he wants to be on the podcast. Or, you know, he's a year yeah. sober. Or whoever else. I mean, I'll probably ask John Joseph after I finish his book. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, like, I don't know. Why not? If... um. If Mishka Shubali will come on, like that was a huge, that was like, yeah, that fucking changed my life. Like his book changed my life and then getting to yeah, meet I him know. and for him to say yes to a, like an early morning hotel. He's like, I only got about 45 minutes. I'm like, I'm only going to take 35. Like I'll, I'll yeah. be in and out and fuck around. Yeah. I won't fuck around. That book did change <clears throat> your life because you weren't really running. No, before. you were, you weren't even, you were exercising a little bit. Yeah, but I wasn't. Like when we so how long have you been on this exercise now? Over a year? Oh, yeah. About Over a year. year and a half. 18, well, almost saw, two years. When did we see each other last in Portland for that Mike Doty show? Was that two years ago or was uh-huh. that a year ago? That was March that was of 18, ago. I think. It was March of 18, right? Because you weren't working out yet. Not hardcore. No, I had you, just hardcore. like, yeah, no, not hardcore. I just started. So I was, I was, I had just started. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you read that book and you're like, I'm going to start running, Jerry. And I'm like, it's probably on this podcast with like good fucking luck. Yeah. That's crazy. Running's crazy. So I was walking everywhere. uh Uh-huh. Like an old lady. And you were telling me, you're like, I can't run, man. It's not really my thing. I do my workout. And yeah, probably not. And so it's like. I like it now. Yeah. It's just there's there's something to it. So, I mean, yeah, I guess I guess the point I was trying to make is. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't, the answer is always no if you don't ask. And so it's like, right. well, that's fine. People can say no to me. I'm just going to go ask somebody else. Um, But yeah, I just, just that it's easy to say things get better. Yes. It's a lot harder to remember it in my own life <laughs> sometimes. It really is. Yeah. And so that was one of the things I was thinking about before we came into the podcast when I was in my cloud. I was just like, how am I going to tell all these people to hang in there and keep their lives happy when my life just fucking sucks ass right now, you know? And and then uh, you read me that letter and I was like, you know what? My life doesn't suck ass. And I don't think the person who wrote you that letter, their life is bad mm-hmm. right now. I just know what they're going through and to be able to be anchored down by that perspective makes me realize like it's not that bad. And even for them, it, it is it is hard right now for this person who wrote us. I, I know it's hard for them because I've absolutely been there, but I also know that where I'm at now is better than where I was at before. So I need to I need that perspective to remember that. And this person who wrote us needs to know that too, that where they're at now, it gets better if, if they just stick with it. If you just stick with it, hang in there, you know, like our letter H, you just, <laughs> just hang in there and do the work on yourself emotionally, you know, and I'd even recommend if you're not doing uh, meetings to check out Mishka's book. Mishka's book is great. Dude, that's, yes. So mm-hmm. anybody who's in early recovery, 100% go get, I mean, go read any of his stuff, but the one that's yeah. on Audible, it's on Audible only, it's called Cold Turkey. And it's, it's basically great. about the first 30 days. But yeah. I think that it applies to the first 60, the first 90. Um, yes. I think even the first year, you can apply these tools that he gives you for the first 30 days at any point. Yeah. And um, I, he's, you know, it's, it. I wish, I wish I would have had this, man. I think back to those first Me fucking, too. that for even the first six months, like, Mm-hmm. To have some notion that like, oh, there's a plan I can make. Because I don't know about you, but when I first got sober, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just not going to do anything. Well, I'd go to meetings <laughs> and they'd be like, work these steps. And I'm like, well, how the fuck do I work this? What does that mean? And they're like, work with a sponsor. And so then I'd find a sponsor. And then even with the sponsor, it'd be like, well, you need to write a list out and then think about the list. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? I don't even know where I'm at right now. Like this is too, you know what I mean? There was no Mm -hmm. tangible 
that's the problem I always had with the rooms is to me, it just seemed untangible because everybody did it their own way. There was no manual. There was no slot A and slot, you know, tab B or whatever. And when mm-hmm. I read the Mishka book, I was like, this is a fucking manual. Like this worked for Mishka might work for you. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I thought it was great. I think it was great. I didn't read um this naked mind, but I know she goes into the psychology of it more than anything else. And I had, and I think uh, there is another, another book out there that, is like Mishka's but more clinical and I can't remember the name mm-hmm. of the doctor now but hmm. I read this Naked That's Mind and yeah she goes more into the psychology of it you know and her perspective um I think too being for me being in the program of AA I think you know and she kind of she doesn't discount it but she's not necessarily a fan of it and I right. think there was a certain twinge of like my pride was hurt or I felt I had like right. oh what do you what do you mean it's You're good. It's a good program, yeah. and I'm like, well, wait a second, John. Did you is say the... bad things about my social club? <laughs> and so she just has a different perspective, and I thought, okay. So mm-hmm. I kind of fought through those feelings, and I read it, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I didn't agree with her on some things, like you know, I think the basic difference is, and this works for different people. I don't have a problem calling myself an alcoholic. I don't have a problem explaining it to people. I don't have a problem. There, for me, there's no real stigma, you know, for some people there is, and she doesn't believe in that. And she doesn't even think, you know, like for me, it's a very binary thing. I do not drink or I do. Right. There's right. no, there's no, there's no soft middle. No, not at all. Softer, it's, easier path. Yeah. No. So, but I think that, it, but people are different, right? Not everybody is as fucking right. addicted to alcohol as I am. Right. It all applies. We all. It's not a one size fits all thing. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm, I liked Mishka's book because I, I that was the size I would have fit in. Mm-hmm. If I would have used that along with program, I don't know. I mean, I'm still sober now, so something I was doing has been working so far. So far, mm-hmm. you know. But so far. Yeah, but uh, I'd say yeah, yeah, man. It just in early like that, it's it's hard. It's very hard early like that. And if you just... I remember someone writing on a card I got for my year anniversary, like, the, the miracle's just around the corner. Wait five minutes or whatever. And I never fucking understood that. I was like, what does that mean? Until I had to, like, actually sit down and think about it. And it's basically their version of, hang in there, baby. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The miracle's right... What is it? Just five minutes away or whatever? Mm-hmm. That shit is just... Just hang around and see what happens. Because it it could or it couldn't. It's uncertain. But, like, it it all ties in with you. Like, if you don't try, all you're going to get is no. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and if you don't hang in there, then all you're going to get is drunk again. And what's, you already yeah. know how that works. Uh-huh. What's the alternative? Just fucking fall to your demise, Jerry? I right. mean, yeah. Right. So why wouldn't I hang in there? Because I, I already know what that hole feels like. I already know what that pain feels yeah. like. I already know yeah. what that shit. I, I didn't like it then. I don't think I'm going to like it now that I've been sober for five years. It's not going to be like, oh, this wasn't so bad. (laughs) Child's play. Mm -hmm. You don't need to revisit it. That's the thing. You don't need to. You don't need Mm -mm. to. You are not compelled to. No one is forcing you. No. You are not obligated to. You don't need to. No. You know. Um, So I think that, you know, what is it? Today's August August seventeenth. It's my it's my brother's birth. It's my brother's birthday today. Um. Oh, happy birthday, John's brother. Yeah. Um. So, the next week, gonna see how it goes, and I'm really gonna try and practice what we're preaching here, which is to hang in there and to remember that these bad the bad feelings are just as temporary as the good ones, and so that I should let Mm -hmm. ones pass and and enjoy the other ones and not feel. Mm-hmm. not feel so woe is me because there's a lot of fucking blessings in my life right now. Right. Um, right. Or good fortune or whatever word, you know, you want to use, you know, luck, fortune, fate. Um, but those things are not happening to me. I do have an active role in them. I do yeah. put myself in a position to reap the benefits and be, like, it's going to sound a little corny, but, you know, you can't... You, corny you can't, it up. <laughs> you, you I wouldn't expect any more from you, dude. Just do it, you know? You can't, you can't be in the sunlight if you don't go outside, Jerry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
No, it's absolutely right. Right? Though, right? Like that just occurred to me. But it also like, reads like one of those quotes I do uh-huh. on a twenty-two-year-old girl named Kelsey. Yeah. I tattoo on him. Yeah, can't be in the sunlight unless you go outside, Jerry. <laughs> Even the coldest ice melts into the warmest water, Jerry. <laughs> but but it's, hey, these man, things are hey. true, so we laugh, yes. we joke. Yes, but mm-hmm. I gotta keep that in mind so that I don't find myself because I don't need. You know what? I don't need alcohol to let alcohol my alcoholism take take over, right? I don't no, need to don't. drink. That's I can be miserable. Shit. Mm-hmm. I can be depressed. I can be angry. Mm-hmm. I can be sad. I don't need alcohol to help me with that. I've been doing that on my own, you know, since before I started drinking. I, so I would love to explore that in a later podcast. Okay. No, no, I want to end it now, but I yes. think that's a really interesting concept because when I say to people, oh, I'm an alcoholic, they're like, well, no, you quit drinking. You're not an alcoholic anymore. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh there's a simple mm-hmm. trick to it. But, it, you know, and I think that concept of you don't need alcohol to be to act alcoholically is 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 really interesting yes because i remember hearing dry drunk for the first time when i was a kid and being like that don't make no sense how are you gonna be dry and drunk and i think that concept of acting alcoholically without alcohol is very interesting we'll jam it in there somewhere we'll jam it we'll jam it next week next or- week on <clears throat> a is for alcoholic mm-hmm. and it's just like every episode's like a seinfeld episode <laughs> god Oh, Jerry. I'm not doing that Seinfeld impersonation. I have been watching Jurassic, all the Jurassic Park movies with my kid, though, and Newman is in the first one. Is she loving it? Yeah, we're on the very last one now. We watched like all fucking six of them or however many. Jesus. There's five of them. You watched the Vince so Vaughn and the Chris Pratt? And all, all the that? Vince Vaughn and the Chris. We just did Chris Pratt last night. We'll probably do Fallen Kingdom tonight. And then I'm like, what do you want to move on to next? Because there's not going to be another Jurassic Park movie for at least a year. They're filming it out of country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I I suggested Lord of the Rings. She was like, no. And then she's like, and I'm not doing Star Wars either. And I'm like, well, fuck, dude. I don't know what to tell you then. Just, just, you can just go over there then. Right. We're done. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at a is for alcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>